Welcome to Eagle Eye Perspectives Podcast. This is Brian Eichelberger. Today is June the 26th, 2018. Uh, welcome you to another edition of our podcast today. And uh, about a month or so ago, I sent out um, three parts of a podcast called Overcoming the Spirit of Poverty. And so I hope that you got a chance to listen to those. If not, I ask you to you know take a take time to listen to it. If you got any feedback or questions or any any response, I'd be more than happy to, to hear from you about those. Um, today I wanted to begin to introduce to you, um, uh, I'm going to say it this way, there are like five books that I felt like of revelation that the Lord has given me. Um, some of the revelation is a little bit um, more or deeper than, than other parts of, of these books. Uh, these books that I was shown are basically um, are titles, and uh, it's like an umbrella term. And each one of these books or titles have revelation attached to them. And these are things that have started back in the late 90s. Um, that I started having dreams and visions and just other prophetic experiences from the Lord one, as well as, you know, him just teaching uh, myself, uh, teaching me directly, but also through others within the body of Christ. And I want to share these things with you. The last couple of days when I sat down to pray, I just could not pray. When I sat down to pray, the only thing that was coming out was some of the revelation that I'm about to share with you. So I felt it was important that I begin to share this now. Um, I did have the Lord tell me there uh, maybe a month or so ago that as I release some of these these revelations and insights that he's given me, that he would then download more to me. So I want to try to be obedient to that the best that I can and begin to share some of these things with you and and uh, let the Lord do what the Lord's going to do. Um, these books, uh, we've been in a time, and I will share at some point, about these wars that are taking place. They're taking place in the heavens, but they're also manifesting upon the earth. And these wars, there's two kinds of wars that parallel the wars that our country, the United States, has, has gone through in the past 100, 250 years, 300 years. Um, the one war is a civil war. The other war is a revolutionary war. And the Lord has given me just experiences um, starting back in the early 2000s um, concerning these wars that were coming into the earth, and uh, they're being played out. Uh, the platform is taking place in the political arena, but we're seeing it in the media and the, the different systems, the world systems, right now on the earth. And if you paid attention at all, you can see a civil war brewing here in the United States. It's been happening for quite some time. And um, the, the people are in a civil war and don't know they're in it, and they're taking sides. Uh, but the civil war that's taking place um, is also taking place in the realm of the spirit. So there's spiritual consequence and significance to it. And there's understanding uh, that we need to have about what these wars are taking place from the Lord's perspective. And at some point, I'm going to get in to these wars and what they represent. Now, I say that as a backdrop because about a year and a half ago, my wife and I were invited to a wedding. Excuse me, and we were the wedding was in Hartford County, Maryland, and it was being held at a house that had now been bought and became the land of Hartford County. 
It was a beautiful home, but it was a revolutionary war home. And so since the Lord had spoken to me a lot about the revolutionary war, and there was times that he sent me to places, not in the spirit, but told me to go visit, that he was going to speak to me when I went. For example, one of those was Saratoga Springs, New York, to see the Saratoga Battlefield, which was a major battle that took place during the Revolutionary War that turned the war towards the Patriots um, and helped defeat the Loyalists. And so, again, in future podcasts, I'll begin to dissect these things and break them down and give you application to what they mean to our present time and season we are in. But just from understanding that the Revolutionary War and knowing that we were in a Revolutionary War house, I just felt the presence of the Lord. And I felt like the Lord wanted to speak to me. And I told my wife as we were standing outside the house, I said, "There's we need to go in the house. I said, there's something in the house that the Lord wants to show me. And he wants to speak to me about. I said, with all the revelation I've had about Revolutionary War and the times and seasons we're in, I said, there's just something there that he wants to show me that he, he wants me to, to receive. So we went into this Revolutionary War house. It was very beautiful. And um, I was just walking around enjoying uh, the, the historical perspectives of it. I like those type of things. And um, we were walking down this one hallway. And my wife went to use the restroom and I was just standing there in this hallway and there were built-in bookcases. As I was standing there, I just felt like the Lord say, turn around, look behind you on the bookshelf. As I turned around, there were these five books. And once I saw them, and, and the titles of the books, I knew immediately what they were about because I had been sitting on Revelation uh, for you know quite some time, like I said, for about 20 years, that were under the heading of each one of the titles of those books. And here are the five books, and I'll just give you a, a brief summary without getting into a lot of detail. The first book was called and entitled, titled The Prophet. And I knew that this book um, was about the spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah, uh, we're told in Malachi, in chapter 3 and then in chapter 4, was going to come and to prepare for the way of the Lord. Elijah was obviously a prophet, but we see Elijah um, when the spirit of Elijah rested upon John the Baptist. Now we're told in Malachi chapter 4 that he would come in the great and the terrible day of the Lord. So I believe that the spirit of Elijah um, was resting upon John the Baptist when Jesus came the first time. But Jesus is going to come again. And prior to his coming again, the spirit of Elijah, that same grace that rested on Elijah and rested on John the Baptist, has been imparted to a corporate body, um, according to the Lord's choosing, to prepare the body of Christ for the second coming of the Lord. So this first book, The Prophet, is about the spirit of Elijah. Um, the second book is called The Madman. The second book is called The Madman. And the madman in the scripture speaks of Jehu. Now this has to do, again, with a major battle and a war that's taken place that is a civil war and a revolutionary war. And it's that in this book, uh, when we get to that book, that I share the revelations, that um, I will begin to explain some things that have been happening in our own nation. It has to do with the Obama administration and going into the Trump administration. These people are like shadows and types. 
of what the Lord is saying that reveals the times and the seasons we are in. Um, during the time of, of uh, revealing some of the revelation that, that's in this, quote, madman um, area of, or, the, or the madman book, um, it's going to be hard for some people to hear because there's some things that have to be confronted concerning our mindsets and our belief systems. Um, I want you to know that what I'm sharing here is not my opinions. Um, I really want to share what the Lord is saying and give understanding to that which he is speaking. So during that phase, the madman, um, the Lord literally called Trump a madman. But in the scriptures, the madman was Jehu. And Jehu came, he confronted Jehoram, and he confronted Jezebel, and the prophets and the prophetesses of Baal and Asherah. And we're presently seeing that battle, that fight, that conflict, that's a revolutionary war. But it was also in the history of Israel, it was a time of great apostasy. Uh, again, the United States is in this time. Actually, it's not just the United States. The world is undergoing it. Um, and for many, they don't even know they're undergoing it. So when I get to that book, The Madman, we're going to release some of the understandings and the revelations concerning that book. The third book is called Angel Face. Now, the word angel means messenger. And the word face is the same as the word presence. So the angel face is the messengers of his presence. This is centered around Isaiah 63, 9, where it literally speaks of the angel of his presence. But it also is like Moses, who came out off of the mountain, and his face was shining because he was in the presence of God, and the glory of the Lord was resting upon his face. And in Acts 6.15, it speaks about Stephen being taken before the council of the Sanhedrin. And as he before the council of the Sanhedrin says that they set their gaze upon him, and his face shined like that of an angel. There are literally going to be those that God is preparing right now that will uh, literally stand before the presence and the face of God and carry the face and the word of the Lord into the earth. Uh, they're in a, a time and a place of preparation. I do not know when they're going to be released. Um, I've often prayed that I would be in that company, but I do not presume to be in that company. But I've asked, and I hope that at some point I could be a part of that. The fourth book is called The Chamber. This has to do with the bridal chamber. And this is going to center around the bride. Um, I'm going to take it from the book of Esther, because that's how the revelation was given to me. And the bridal chamber is about coming into oneness. And so I'll share some of the prophecies and revelation concerning the bride and her coming into the oneness with, with the Lord. It's a, it, and I'm talking about an end-time bride. I will also be sharing about Babylon. I forgot to mention, but I'll probably be talking about Babylon more in the book called The Madman than I will in the chamber because both are coming into maturity right now. Um, the harlot is a false church. She's not the true church. She's a false church. Um, but she mimics, she tries to mimic the bride. But as we get closer and closer to the end times that we are in and the coming of the Lord, Again, the spirit of Elijah is to help prepare the bride for the coming of the Lord. Um, and there will be those, unfortunately. There will be those who will not respond to the call, but will be a part of that harlot church. And we will talk about that. But we will see the difference between Babylon and the bride. In fact, I've had three visitations 
one in 2015, two in 2017 from the prophets and prophetess, actually the prophetess of Babylon, Jezebel herself. And I will share some of those things with you when we get to that revelation, that book. The fifth book is called A Painted House. And I believe that this is the place of the habitation, the dwelling of the Lord, where he dwells within his people, like the Feast of Tabernacle. And uh, I believe that this has to do with a bride that has adorned herself and made herself ready. It has to do with the New Jerusalem. I had a prophetic experience in the end of 2016 where I was taken into heaven and I saw the New Jerusalem coming down and then I entered into the New Jerusalem. I talked with some brethren there. I did not get their names. Um, it wasn't very long. It was short, but I entered into the gates and stepped into the New Jerusalem and uh, walked through the city. And there was a lot of fellowship and relationships going on. So we'll get into that more when I get to um, that revelation and, and that book, so to speak. So those are the five books. Five is a number for grace. The book, again, the first book's the prophet. The second's the madman. Third is angel face. Fourth is called the chamber. And the fifth is called a painted house. Some of these revelations that I have concerning these five books, um, I'm believing the Lord's going to give me more on as time goes. I don't know how long it's going to take me to, to release some of these things. I'm trying to stretch them out a little bit, so it could take months, it could take years before I actually get through of all, all of these. So we'll see how the Lord kind of leads. So for now, let's start with the first, first book called The Prophet. As I said, this is about the spirit of Elijah, and we see in Malachi, I'm going to turn there really quick, <clears throat> excuse me, Malachi chapter 3, it says, Behold, I'm going, verse 1, I'm going to send you my messenger, and he will clear the way for me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So we know that the Messiah is going to come, but there's a messenger that prepares the way for the Messiah. You turn over to chapter 4, and you see verses 5 and 6, Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah. And there it is. This is the messenger. Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. Now, I know that what I'm about to share with you, some of you have already heard. Um, some of this will not be new. Some of it may be new. I'm going to be saying it and sharing it in the way that the Lord has given it to me. And... Um, in my own way, my own personality. So feel free to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Like again, I know some of this is review for you, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so as we see uh, with the spirit of Elijah, that um, he's going to come to prepare the way of Jesus, who is the Messiah. And Starting back in the late 90s, I would say it's 1999, I don't have the exact date, but I had, you know, visions. And the visions I kept getting between 99 and 2001, 2002 is, is like I would be in the heavens and I would be seeing the feet of a man. I would, his feet were in sandals. And the sandals had straps on them, like ties. 
And but I knew that um, they needed to be untied, but there was no one to to untie them, no one worthy to untie them. And so I knew and, and this same vision happened three or four times in, in a couple of years. But what we see in the scriptures is in Matthew chapter three, you see this in Luke chapter three as well. And John is talking, he says, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. And I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. In Luke chapter 3, John says it this way. As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I. And I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. So I knew that we were being prepared for the spirit of Elijah to come. And that the spirit of Elijah comes to transition us out of the church age and into the kingdom age. So the, the, the church age being the Laodicean church age, the seventh church, the end of the church age. And we begin to move in towards the kingdom age. Well, what's one of the first thing when John the Baptist comes onto the scene here in Matthew chapter three, verse two, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So if we have to repent, there's something we need to turn from. There's a shift. There's a change. There's a transition. There's there's a preparation to move out of something and to move into something. So what we see here again is the spirit of Elijah resting upon John the Baptist when Jesus came the first time. But what I'm saying is that corporately, the Lord is saying the same spirit that rested on John the Baptist is going to rest upon a corporate body, a group of people that the Lord designates, whoever those are. And it's going to prepare the body of Christ for the second coming of the Lord. But there's a repentance. There's a call to repent because the kingdom is at hand. So what we've known before has been the church age. But now we're transitioning from church. We're transitioning into the kingdom. And when we transition into the kingdom, you're transitioning into a new government, a new culture, something different than what we've known before. We've known church culture, but now we're coming into kingdom culture. Now, in some of these future podcasts, I'm going to address this directly. For example, I wrote down several things that I want to talk about concerning this book, The Prophet, how it relates to the spirit of Elijah. One is repent for the kingdom of God is at at hand. We're going to talk about the transition from the end of the church age into the kingdom. I'm going to do that in a future podcast. Two, it says concerning John that he was the voice of another crying in the wilderness. This is the preparation of how to come out of the soul realm and begin to function in the spirit realm. Three talks about the seven spirits of God. And what I'm going to address today and in the next podcast will be the spirit of the Lord. I'll explain here in a second. Fourth is the maturing of the saints going from children to fully mature sons. Where you have fathers, this goes again, goes from Malachi chapter 4 who restore the heart of the father to the children and heart of the children to the father. So the spirit of Elijah is there where fathers help the children to come into maturity so that they become mature sons. So we have a father-son relationship. Number five will be to confront the spirit of racism in the body of Christ. Yes, confront the spirit of racism. The spirit of Elijah will confront the spirit of racism in the body of Christ. I was given that specifically back in 2003, which I'm about to share with you. Um, But that will be one of the things we'll talk about 
And then the other thing would be call the people out of Babylon and its world system and to begin to prepare the bride for the bridegroom. So let me start with this. I want to start with understanding the spirit of the Lord. So let me share this, this other experience that I had. It took place on April 18th, 2003. Now, keep in mind, I've already been sitting on some of these revelations concerning um, the spirit of Elijah. And so on April 18th, 2003, sometime in the early morning hours, it was after midnight, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a visitation from an angel. And the angel came and stood at the foot of my bed and woke me up. And the angel Basically, he said this to me. He says, Brian, the Lord wants you to fast and pray for 30 days. It'll be 30 days until celerity. And fast for the spirit of Elijah to come. For the Lord is looking for a man to be a spark. Because it only takes a spark to start the fire. Now, there's a lot in that. Brian, I want you to pray and fast for 30 days for the spirit of Elijah. It'll be 30 days until celerity. Celerity means the sun's rays. In other words, you're not going to see any rays of sun for those 30 days. And for the Lord is looking for a man to be a spark to start the fires, because it only takes a spark to start the fire. And he gave me James 5, 17 and 18. So I'm going to turn to James 5 and read that. I know some of you probably already know this scripture verse. It's at the very end of the book of James. And it's concerning Elijah. And it says this, 5, 17, and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Now, there was given him a certain authority where Elijah could hold back the things of the earth, that which was in creation. And so a part of the prophecy that the Lord was giving me, and I started to fast on May 1st, so you know, I started to fast on May 1st, finished it on May 30th at sundown. It was 30 days, and on day 29, the Washington Post in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area, because, by the way, let me say this, I felt like that it was for our region that I was living in. Uh, I, I can't necessarily say it was for the whole country or worldwide but I felt like, and, and, and I know there's times where the Lord can give revelations about this, but some of it is regional. Sometimes we got to know our orbs of influence. Sometimes you can have an influence just in your home, just in your neighborhood, uh, your community, your city, your state. Sometimes it goes beyond that. Um, so we need to know and understand our orb or sphere of influence. So I felt like at this point it was for the area in the region that I, that I was, was living in. Um, which was Maryland, D.C., Vir Virginia area, Delaware. I felt like it was that surrounding area. So Washington Post, on May 29th, I believe it was, had an article. And the title of the article was, No Sun for a Whole Month. And so in the natural, there was a sign pointing again to the prophecy that you're not going to see the sun's rays. And so from May 1st up to the 30th, you know, the, there was no sun. You know, the weather forecasts and the meteorologists will say, you know, rainy, cloudy, partly cloudy, you know, partly sunny. Sun, everything was cloudy or partly cloudy or rain 
for those 30 days. Now that number 30 is very important. It's a number for maturation. It's a number for maturity. Uh, Jesus was sent to be baptized as the lamb, because John announced him as the lamb of God. It takes away the sins of the world. He was the lamb. He was a priest. And he came in at the age of 30. John was six months older than Jesus. So he was also in that 30-year-old range, about 30 years and six months old. They were cousins. So here was John. And John was a, a priest. His father, if you remember, Zacharias was a high priest during the time that his wife was pregnant with John. And Mary was pregnant soon afterwards. So Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, was the high priest. And so it usually got passed down in the bloodline. So now you have John the Baptist, who's also, by right, a priest. And the priest would always prepare the lamb for the sacrifice. So when Jesus came to John, he was saying, prepare me for the sacrifice. I am the lamb of God. And that's what John prophesied. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And John said, I'm simply coming to prepare for him. Well, likewise, we're coming to prepare for Jesus again. But this time when he comes, he's not just coming as a lamb. He's coming as a lion. He's coming to take over. He's coming to reign and to rule. And he's going to have a bride with him who are the sons of God, who are going to reign and rule too. They're going to be priests and kings. The number 30 is about coming into maturity. It's the mature sons of God who are the priests and the kings. And they are the sons of God. It's a bride who's the sons of God who have overcome. And they're going to reign and rule with him. And during the millennium, they will reign and rule with him. But we're being prepared for that now. We're being prepared now to, to know how to reign and rule according to his righteousness. So, the spirit of Elijah. What's very important and what I really want to connect and hit on is that it took place on April 18th. April was the fourth month and the 18th day. So what the Lord told me that the importance of that was, was Luke 4.18. And this is one of the things that John the Baptist and the, the spirit of Elijah is releasing into the earth and preparing the people of God for. It's Luke 4.18, sorry, turning to it now. And this is what it says. I'm going to start at verse 17. And the book of the prophet, again, we're back to the prophet, Isaiah was handed to him, speaking of Jesus. And he, Jesus, opened the book. Now, again, I'm talking about revelations that are coming out of books right now. I'll talk about the five books. There are books of revelation and insight in heaven. There are little books we even see about in Revelations chapter 10. Where he said the little book was hand, handed to me. He said, eat and take because there's revelation. You've got to prophesy yet again. And he was speaking to to the Apostle John in, in that revelation, in Revelation chapter 10. And he said, these are things which are, are yet to come. I need you to prophesy them again. It will taste like honey to your mouth, but it's going to be bitter to your belly. And so there are books of revelation, insight, oracles that the Lord is giving to the body of Christ in order to prepare her in this time and season. He's washing her with the water of the word. And so he opens the book and he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he stops there, because at his first coming, those things were, 
were going to take place. Now, there's something right before his second coming that's a continuation. Because he goes into, after that, that there's a dreadful day that is to come. And he will comfort those who mourn. So in his first coming, this is what he says. Well, this comes from Isaiah chapter 61. And if you see this again, I'm going to read Isaiah 61. It says, the Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. So Jesus is, an, is announcing in Luke 4.18, on April 18th, that when the spirit of Elijah was going to come into the earth and that there would be 30 days of prayer and fasting and that creation would be held back as a sign and a wonder of what's going to be released. We see on that same day that the Holy Spirit announces that this is Luke 4.18. This is one of the things that the spirit of Elijah is preparing the body of Christ for. And it has to do with the spirit of the Lord resting on the body of Christ. The spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Because the Lord has anointed me, reading from Isaiah 61, to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There's a lot of people that are brokenhearted right now. There's a lot of broken people. A lot of people who are confused and, and hurting and need healed right now. I'm not talking non-believers. I'm talking Christians. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant those who mourn in Zion. Giving them a garland instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. The mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So the spirit of Elijah is helping us to understand the spirit of the Lord. So we need to understand what the spirit of the Lord is. Now we're going to see in Revelations chapter 1 and in Revelations 4 or 5, there's a mention of the seven spirits of God. Let me read this real quick. Revelation 1, 4. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. The seven spirits of God are before the throne of God. Now remember, we're talking about coming out of the church age and coming into the kingdom. So if we're coming in the kingdom age, we've got to learn how to reign and to rule from a kingdom perspective. So if you're in the kingdom, you have a king, the king has a throne, and he's seated on his throne. At the end of the church age of Laodicea, Jesus announces, He who overcomes will sit with me on my throne as I have overcome and sat with my father on his throne. So there's the invitation of, hey, you're coming into the end of this age, let's transition if you can overcome this seventh church age and all the other things that I gave warnings about through the other six church ages, then you're going to be sitting and ruling and reigning with me in the millennium. This is the kingdom. It's about reigning and ruling for the righteousness and the justice of God. These are the foundations of his throne, is righteousness and justice. And so in order to do that, there's a certain authority and power that comes with it, but it comes first out of position. There's a positioning, a way to properly position ourselves before the Lord and our relationship with him and how we view other people in the situation and circumstances we're going to be entering in that helps us in this time of preparation. In Revelation 4 or 5, we got a picture of the throne. And we see here again, out from the throne comes flashes of lightning, sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So we're talking about the spirit of the Lord 
anointed Jesus. So what is this Spirit of the Lord? And why am I talking about the seven spirits of God? Well, the Spirit of the Lord is one of the seven spirits of God. And when I say the seven spirits of God, I'm not talking seven different Holy Spirits. That's not what I'm talking about. I am referencing the fact that the Holy Spirit has within him seven attributes, um, seven parts of his being and who he is as the Spirit of God <clears throat> that comprises the fullness of who he is. Now listen to this. Isaiah chapter 11 tells us what the seven spirits of God are. It says in Isaiah 11, Then the shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse. It's verse 1. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Same thing. Now that um, shoot that springs up from the stem of Jesse as a branch from his roots that will bear fruit the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. That is Jesus. That is a David Diddick, a kingly lineage. David was 30 years old when he became king. So again, back to the number 30, 30 days of prayer and fasting. 30 is the number of maturation, where priests and kings, the sons of God, come into a place of maturity. But the Spirit of the Lord is going to rest on them as it did on Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to make a little bit of a distinction here, and you're, you're going to have to hear it. Um, let me just finish this, and I, I will come back to the Spirit of the Lord. It says, the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. That's one. Then it says, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding. That's two and three. The Spirit of counsel is number four. And the Spirit of power, that's number five. The Spirit of knowledge is number six. And the fear of the Lord, that's the seventh spirit. So you have the Spirit of the Lord, you have the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and power, the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. This is the fullness of who the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is. These are the seven spirits of God. But the first thing, when Jesus arrives on the scene, he walks into the temple and announces, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is coming into the body of Christ. It's the spirit of Elijah that's announcing it, that's preparing, that's helping us to have understanding of it. But the spirit of the Lord is not going to anoint Brian. The spirit of the Lord is not anointing you. The spirit of the Lord is anointing the word in me and anointing the word in you. So you got to hear that the Spirit of the Lord is not going to anoint Brian per se. The Spirit of the Lord is resting on the one who is the Word of God. And that's Jesus Christ. And in that place, when I walk, when I move, the, the realm of authority of heaven, as the Spirit of the Lord anoints Jesus in me, as the Word comes forth, or as I have a Word, I can move in the authority of the Lord. Now, John 1 talks about Jesus as the Word. It says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was but God. In the beginning was the Word. So he says that. He, he repeats it. In the beginning was the Word. He repeated it twice. So we know that Jesus was in the beginning. 
Well, that phrase in the beginning is the word for Genesis. So you have to go back to Genesis to get an understanding where the word became relevant. Where do we see the word in Genesis at the very beginning? Well, I'm going to talk about that here in a few minutes. Before I get into that, it says, it goes on in John 1, 4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And he's talking about the word of God. He's talking about Jesus being that word. In verse 14, it says, For the word became flesh and dwelt among them. And so what's going to happen in the spirit of Elijah is that the spirit of Elijah is preparing the body of Christ to begin to know and to learn how to function in the Spirit of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord, Lordship has to do with authority. It has to do with authority. Now what I'm going to do, this was a little bit of a foundation uh, for me to lay here concerning this vision and for us to begin to move into this next part. In part two, I'm going to talk more about the Spirit of the Lord. And where does that come from? The word Lord means to rule over. And it was given to us at the beginning in Genesis 1.26. He gave man, Adam, to write to rule over creation. But we're going to talk about how he forfeited, he relinquished, he lost that right when he obeyed the enemy rather than walking in the place of authority according to the word that he had from God. And we're going to see where Jesus, as the word, was there at the beginning. And I'm going to walk us through the spirit of the Lord and its relevance, not back from 2003. We've been in a place and a time of preparation. Sometimes preparation can take years, decades, hundreds of years until the fulfillment comes forth. But I'm going to explain to you a revelation and insight that I had that came forth in this year that points to the fact that we're about to see sons of God emerge in this year, in this season, that will walk in authority in which creation will submit to their rule. You're not going to want to miss part two of the prophet, the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of the Lord, anointing the word of God in us. Please come back and join me again for part two. This is Eagle Eye Perspectives Podcast, and I'm Brian Eichelberger. Thank you for joining me today. Grace, grace to you and to your household. God bless.